0: They score! They score! Welcome to God's Playbook with your host, Father Rico Passero. It's a 20, 10, 5, touchdown! Touchdown! Let's play ball. Hi, friends. Welcome back to God's Playbook. Today, we continue our study of John's Gospel and we begin chapter 8 with the woman caught in adultery. And I call today's episode Caught. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more as we hear the passage in verses 1 through 11. While Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, we hear in sacred scripture, early in the morning he arrived again in the temple area, and all the people started coming to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and made her stand in the middle. They said to him, Teacher, This woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They said this to test him so that they could have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and began to write on the ground with his finger. But when they continued asking him, he straightened up and said to them, Let the one among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he bent down and wrote on the ground. In response, they went away one by one, beginning with the elders. So he was left alone with the woman before him. Then Jesus strained up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She replied, No one, sir. Then Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go from now on. And do not sin anymore. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, when you get caught doing something perhaps you shouldn't say or do, how does that make you feel? Are we not often embarrassed, look for excuses to justify our behavior, Or perhaps would rather just find a rock to hide under? I know in my life, perhaps in yours too, sometimes I've been caught saying or doing something that I'm ashamed of. The woman in today's gospel is caught, as we heard, in the very act of committing adultery. Now, at the risk of offending some of our younger listeners... If they're in the very act of committing adultery, last time I checked, it takes two to tango. What about the man? He got off easy? We're only here to condemn the woman? Weren't both of them in the act of exchanging intercourse with each other? Have you ever thought about that within the passage? It's easy to nail the woman to the cross, but what about the man? Indeed, in this society, women were seen as less, unfortunately. And thank God we have changed that, although some parts of the world still need to work on that. Gender equality is something that's so important to the Lord. But nonetheless, they're so quick to condemn her. What about the man? Maybe he was a prestigious person, so they're trying to hide his mistake. Maybe he was a leader among the people and so he paid people off to let him off. But the woman is not let off. She's been caught, and they want justice. Justice for her immoral acts. When we're caught, friends, and others point out our mistakes and problems, how does that make us feel? Don't we often wish they would just give us a break, cut us some slack, Or perhaps forgive? When we find others caught in their own problems, whether it be sin or some other negative experience, what is our first reaction? Are we looking to nail them to the cross, embarrass them in front of everyone, and seek revenge or perhaps justice against them? Are we looking to give the benefit of the doubt? Do we remember that at times we too have been caught, or if not caught, certainly have made mistakes, or perhaps said things or done things that are inappropriate and wrong? How can we learn from these things? How can we grow from these things? Jesus teaches us so much in this passage. Number one while they are so quick to judge her. Notice that Jesus shows compassion, first and foremost in the delay of even speaking to her or addressing the situation as he writes in the ground. Though not biblically based, some people think that perhaps Jesus was writing the sins of the people around him in the ground, and so as they look down with horror, they realize that Jesus knew what they were doing Perhaps they just haven't been caught, but that the Messiah did catch them in their own sinfulness. Jesus saying, let the one without sin cast the first stone. The only person who was able to do that is himself. And by not throwing the stone doesn't suggest that God doesn't care about sin. Rather, it shows his compassionate side. Sometimes this passage is taken out of context in which, oh, see, Jesus just forgave her, so what's the big deal? I can cheat on my spouse, I can have sex outside of marriage, I can break this commandment, I can break that commandment. Friends, that's not the case at all. She didn't come to Jesus with remorse. She was caught and brought to him because they wanted to test Jesus and they were using her as a pawn. To Jesus, people are not pawns. To Jesus, you are his daughter and son, to which he loves very deeply, to which he is concerned about living eternal life with you. His words to the woman are profound, and they are words to us too. I want you to think of Jesus speaking to you right now, friends, at your current status in life whether right now you are without sin because you've been to confession recently, or perhaps you're drowning in sin, or perhaps you find yourself somewhere in the middle. Jesus' words, neither do I condemn you, are so important because he is a God who is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. But we can't forget the next line. He challenges the woman and he challenges us friends as sinners. Myself at the top of the list, to go and sin no more. It's time to stop lying to ourselves. It's time to stop deceiving ourselves and others around us. We've got to stop living secret lives. We've got to stop being two faced. We've got to learn to forgive and let go and let God. We've got to live a more Christian, authentic living and lifestyle. Each one of us can do better. I know I can. Jesus knows I can. And Jesus is inviting us into a time of conversion, of transformation. A God who gives us a second, a third, a fifth, a millionth chance to turn away from our sin and return to him, to go and sin no more. Some people get frustrated about going to confession, well, I stop going to confession because it seems like I just, you know, whenever I go, it's the same sin I say over and over. Okay, well, that might be the case. But then I need to ask myself the question, is confession the problem or am I the problem? Am I actively working at eliminating those sins that I perhaps am repeating from confession to confession? Am I seeking new ways to react and respond? So is it the sacraments problem or is it me? The more I focus on me, the more I realize that I need the grace of the sacrament to lift me up. And so I need to go to confession more, not less. When I say that, I don't mean we need to be scrupulous and go every day. If I'm going every day, then perhaps I'm just sinning way too much. Or the scrupulosity has made me lose sight of what's really important. To God, it's a pure heart with good intentions. To God, it's someone who's trying their best to be faithful to the gospel, to put a smile in the face of the Lord. And friends, if you're listening to this podcast, chances are that's you. I know I'm trying. And while I fail miserably many times, I rely on that mercy of God and the sacrament of healing to help me, to lift me up. Even if the sins are the same, perhaps the number of times I've sinned is going down. If we want to lose weight, we want to lose 50 pounds, let's say. We can't lose all 50 at the same time. We've got to lose that first pound before we can lose the other 49, right? So it is with our sin. Think of it like a buffet line. You go to a buffet and you see all this great food and you just pile it on and pile it on and pile it on. You get back to your table and you say, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. I can't eat all this food. So you can just either give up and not eat at all or you can just start with the mashed potatoes. And if you finish the mashed potatoes, that's one thing off your plate. So as I advise people in the confessional, this idea of going and sinning no more, maybe I can really hone in on one sin That I'm saying to Jesus, look, I want them all gone, Lord, but for right now, I'm just going to focus on my lying. I'm going to focus on being more pure. I'm going to focus on my language. I'm going to focus on being less self-centered. I'm going to focus on whatever, friends. Okay, I'm just giving you examples here. And then if we really hone in on one sin at a time, not saying just do whatever you want the rest of the time, but, but really making an effort, just like if we're going to lose weight, we really make an effort to exercise more, to watch what we're eating. That's what athletes need to do. They need to be disciplined. So too do we. We need to be disciplined in our spirituality. Let's pay more attention to what I say, what I do, what I don't do, what I don't say. So that way, indeed, we are living a life in which Jesus is looking at us and saying, indeed, you are going and sinning no more. And when we fall like the woman, we fall at the feet of a merciful Messiah. While the rest of the world wants to judge us, condemn us, the devil certainly wants to condemn us. You don't deserve heaven. Look at you. How could Jesus love you? You're a hot mess. You do this, this, this. I don't read that in sacred scripture. I didn't hear Jesus condemn this woman. Now, he wasn't condoning her behavior, that's for sure. Jesus does not condone adultery. Jesus calls for a pure heart. Jesus calls for sexuality to be reserved between a husband and wife. But what he is calling her to do is to be transformed and to have a conversion of heart so that she can realize that she has been given a second chance though she doesn't deserve it. Just like me, I don't deserve a second chance. Perhaps you might feel the same way, friends. And yet God is so generous and gives us that second chance. So what's an area of your life right now, friends? What's an area in my life that we can really hone in on as Jesus looks at us with his merciful, beautiful eyes, with the compassionate look of a merciful Messiah, Go and sin no more. How can we make him proud by making that statement move us into action, move us into conversion, move us into transformation? May this passage in sacred scripture and the compassion that Jesus had for this woman be the same compassion that you and I feel to no longer live a lie, to get rid of our secrets to stop being angry, to stop drowning in our sin, and to go and sin no more. Lord, we thank you for being patient with us. We thank you for your merciful heart. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Help us to go and sin no more. For God's Playbook, friends, I'm Father Rico. God loves you, and so do I. If you like what you hear, please consider supporting us using any of our affiliate links in the description below via BudSprout, Ko-Fi, or GoFundMe. Thanks, and God bless.